while the nut kick continuum kicks on. Unbelievable. But we have playoff baseball. We march on nonetheless. Brewers, Diamondbacks, tonight. Come see what's brewing at American Family Field. First pitch is at 6-0-8. And the Brewers and Diamondbacks ready to uh, start up their playoff runs. The Brewers hopefully longer than the Diamondbacks, obviously. Rowdy, Brandon Woodruff out. Uh, we were just talking yesterday. Uh, what were you proposing? Essentially, would you let Woody go game one uh, to get things going against... Um, the Diamondbacks and let Burns take it from there. But alas, we're not going to get any Woodruff at all. Good morning, dude. Yeah, and it sounds like um, the Brewers say his status is up in the air. Reading some stuff online, I don't think we're going to see Brandon Woodruff at all. I don't, doesn't really seem like it, does it? It sounds like that would be like another two-month shutdown. Yeah, the shoulder injury that he has was kind of the same one they had earlier this year, and um, he barely saw him this year because of that shoulder injury. What did he, how many starts did he get? Nine of them? Let's see here. Woodruff sat uh, most of the season early April to early August. Uh, nine starts allowed more than just uh, what? Allowed more than two runs just twice and had at least six strikeouts in all but one of those starts. And now that shoulder is flaring up again as uh, not good as the Brewers. I mean, what was their biggest um, X Factor, Rowdy? They're pitching, right? Oh, uh, that yeah, just took a big blow. They're pitching just. Just in general, both the starters and the bullpen, when healthy, has been really, really good. And uh, now you have to put, arguably, Brandon Woodruff, I know it was only nine starts, but for those nine starts, he was probably the most consistent pitcher that you had all year. Like Corbin Burns, uh, numbers-wise, for a full season was your best pitcher with the you know the best DRA and the lowest whip and, and that kind of stuff. But most consistently for when they were out on the mound, You'd have to say it was probably Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, that's a big bummer, man. Uh, Corbin Burns is getting the uh, the nod tonight. Uh, so, but yeah, Corbin Burns, that or uh, Brandon Woodruff just stinks. Uh, yeah, counselors, his availability for the postseason is up in the air at this point. And Craig didn't really sound too uh, enthused with the Brandon Woodruff potentially making a return for the Milwaukee Brewers. As now it, uh, another layer to this onion, have they named anyone that would take uh, Woody's spot yet? The council, last I checked, Council had no decision. Uh, that would fill Woodruff's role for Game 2, though Freddie Peralta is the presumed Game 3 of needed starter. Wade Miley, among others, are potential options. Who do you think steps in number, for Game Number 2? Yeah, so um, a lot of, lot of moving parts here. So yesterday after the show, I was actually going through uh, the Brewers roster, putting together what I would make my wild card roster with pitchers available, hitters, who who makes the roster? Got to do a little tweaking, obviously, now. Big uh, big hit. I think it's, to me, there's one choice and, and one legitimate choice only for day two, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And I also think there hasn't been anyone named because I think it could impact what happens tomorrow with what the hell happens tonight. Now, the Brandon Woodruff injury absolutely changes nothing about tonight. It changes nothing. Yeah, but, he wasn't going to pitch tonight. But doesn't it feel like all the airs come out of it? Like, it's the day before the playoffs, and your second biggest pitcher is announced basically out for the series and probably most likely done for the playoffs. Doesn't it feel like a lot of the air just was let out of the balloon, even though the playoffs were 24 hours away? Yep, it was a big, one of those noises. Uh, 
Wasn't good, Rowdy, when you saw the news of Brandon Woods, and he was pretty shaken up over it, too. Rightfully so. He wanted to be a part of something special. But it doesn't change anything for tonight's game with Corbin Burns taking them out because he was always going to start game one. But, yeah, moving forward for game two, got a lot of options now. I think there's just one, in my mind, what it has to be. So uh, we'll get into Rowdy. And, uh, yeah, Rowdy went in through a fine-tooth comb and made his own little roster yesterday. Did you mail it or send it to Craig at all? No, he wouldn't look at it anyways. Oh, damn. Uh, well, we'll go through uh, the roster right there as, uh, you know, what we're thinking, uh, what Rowdy's thinking, and then what happens with Brandon Woodruff out. But, yeah, a little emotional on the podium yesterday. Um, tearing up a little bit for Brandon Woodruff. I don't blame him either, man. It's not, not good. It's not good at all uh, when you deal with that injury and then it pops back up again and definitely popped up back up in the uh, completely wrong time. And I uh, what did Brandon Woodruff say that he felt his velocity was dipping a little bit in his last start, and he should have he should have known. And then he uh, did some bullpen session, and that's when he's like, "Something ain't right," and that was the shoulder injury. So, um, the, what was it? The right shoulder capsular injury. They're working on a second opinion over the next couple of days. Let me ask you, Rowdy, a second opinion. We still going to get kind of the same news? You're effed. Pretty, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know what else. Uh, I don't know what else they're going to tell him. It's basically, from what I've read online, it's basically the same injury he had at the beginning of the year. And you know where you go from there? Another long shutdown where he sits down for two months. Clearly, that takes you the entire postseason. And the other one could potentially be surgery, which now you're talking about next season. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing that I read online with what that injury was and, and when it keeps popping up, we're positive. Yeah, what do you hear? Uh, said red flags about his condition popped up September 23rd at Miami. That was his final regular season start against the Marlins. He threw 87 pitches over five innings, and he said he experienced a noticeable drop in his fastball velocity. And that's when he said, uh, oh, no, and then did the bullpen session and said again, oh, no. Uh, the MRI Woodruff was uh, had he revealed the uh, let's see here a, a subscapular strain in his right shoulder he suffered in the second start of the season on April seventh, and again uh, that's the one that's creeping up again. That injury cost him four months, and I don't yeah he ain't uh, he ain't coming back. Rowdy finished the regular season five and one, an ERA two point two eight, a WHIP of point eight two seventy four strikeouts in sixty seven innings over eleven starts, and uh, it's uh, crumbling down now. Well, we get Corbin Burns tonight. Well, yeah, the the spot on where that injury is in his shoulder, it's a tough one because it's hard to get like a physical therapy in there to strengthen it, to get ready to go, you know, by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not a thing or even in a short time period. But then I was also doing some reading and a lot of times when they have these types of injuries, you know, in other places in the body, it could be, hey, let's take a cortisone shot knock out all the inflammation and, and let it sit for a second and then go back to it. And normally it works. It was kind of the same thing they did with Keston here in his elbow where they thought maybe you'd need Tommy John. Instead they go uh, cortisone shot and it works. The thing with the shoulder is that there, it, there's no, it's not a good area for the cortisone shot because it, it doesn't get it all. It doesn't work as well as it would in another spot on the body. Mm. So you're kind of just in no man's land, which absolutely sucks. Yeah, that was stuck. Um, comments yesterday, there was a little presser. 
We you know, the playoffs starting today. Hey, playoff baseball is still here. Brewers still 92 wins under the belt. They're still, you know, one of the best teams uh, in the majors. They've been able to navigate, you know, Brandon Woodruff injury uh, earlier, but man, is that a big blow. Uh, Craig Council, though, yesterday, we'll get a couple comments. Craig Council from yesterday. Brandon Woodruff um, will be out for this series. Um, he has a right shoulder capsular injury. Um, we're working on a second opinion and for Brandon to see over the next couple days. Um, frankly, his availability for the postseason is up in the air at this point. And then here's Brandon Woodruff. Or one more from Craig Council on uh, what he would tell his players how to get ready for uh, tonight in the playoffs. Let's go. Once Tuesday starts, it's it's a baseball game against another good team, and you know it's going to be it's going to be a battle. That's that's how it works now. Um, you know nobody's going to care about rest when we when we get to Tuesday um, and, and Wednesday. So now's the time you just you just go after it. It's a it's a three game series where you got to win two out of three, um, and you, you pull out all the stops to do so. Unfortunately, some of those stops will not have Brandon Woodruff. Speaking of Woody, here he is. Um, not good. Um, you know, I, I'm, um, it's more, you know, like you, when you deal with, deal with an injury and then it pops back up, it just, it popped up at the wrong time. Like, but also maybe it's a blessing because I can, you know, have it taken care of. So, um, it, sorry, it, it sucks, man. Um, We got it. We got a good clubhouse, Jeez. and I want to. I want to be a part of that. And you know, sitting sitting here now, I, I may not. So that, that's the hard. That's the hard part. So, um, but you know, we got a. We got a. We got a good group, and um, I, you know, I think we'll be fine, and and I'll and I'll be right in the middle of it. So. That's heartbreaking. Like that, you talk about taking the air out of the balloon, Rowdy. You know, you know, sucking the air out of a, of you know, room of balloon, whatever. That that listen to that right there. I, I watched it yesterday, but listen to it again. You know, early in the morning. That's that's tough. I mean, that's you feel like a man. That's got to have a ripple effect across the uh, the entire clubhouse and that team. That's that's tough. Well, it are, it feels like the Brewers go one of two ways from here. Either pack it in because there goes all your momentum and your starting pitching and, you know, one of your big horses is now down and you feel bad for yourself and you go, well, we don't have Woody. Well, it's going to be a tough series and you kind of put your head down or they rally around that injury and we see the offense step up or we see like a Colin Ray or an Adrian Hauser type pitcher step up and, and see where they go. I feel like. The series, they're either going to come out playing really good baseball or not so much. I don't think there's going to be a middling type team out there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. 608, first pitch tonight. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to the phones. React over some Woody. Line one, good morning. Hey, fellas, this is DW. DW, what's uh, up, brother? What's going on? Hey, I feel bad for the Woodster. Yeah, I really do. That sucks. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I don't know. I didn't hear all the details that you guys were talking about earlier, but. It sounds like to me that if he wanted to throw a cortisone shot, he could pitch it pitch, but then he'd be done for next year. 
because then you'd have to have surgery. I don't know what you guys, what's your take on it that? It sounded, from what I was reading online, it sounded like a cortisone shot for where the injury is in the shoulder isn't, it's not necessarily, it doesn't work necessarily the best as it would on another spot of the body. So okay. you could try it and it still might not even work and you would still have pain and it, like you said, it could get worse. So uh, it's it, it really feels like they're kind of in no man's land where you, there's no winner here. So so basically, if he opted for surgery right away, then he's still going to be done for next year. Pretty much, it sounds like you you try to either rest it. You can try a cortisone shot, and if you come back and it doesn't work, well then you're screwed. You can rest it like kind of he did earlier this year, which worked for a time being. Or the yeah. surgery, which is, yeah, you're done. Yeah, I found a tweet from a doctor, Jesse Morris, MD. Uh, as Rowdy yeah. talked about, the, the cortisone shot is not strong enough to increase the pain and inflammation if it does even work. Uh, you can do stem cells. Usually two rounds can work, but you would need six to 12 weeks to fully return to play. And then you can also do some, uh, a thing called PRP, but they're, they're not strong yeah. enough for this injury. Yeah, that, God darn it. I tell you, he was pitching his butt off, too. I know. That's it. Hey, what do you think, DW? Like, they're... which way are they going to go with this thing? Well, I still got to believe if the Brewers' offense can maintain, um, and not everybody going to slump at the same time. I think the way Council's managing, managing, I think the Brewers are set up to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. But I could also see them being beat the first round as well because Diamondbacks, if they get hot. I mean, Burns has had two starts against him. One, one he pinched lights out, and the second time he got he got shellacked like a running mule. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It's, I could see him making a deep run in the playoffs, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. Just put it that way. I also feel like every time you get to the playoffs, there's always some dumbass injury. You know? But okay, here's here's the scenario: If Council and Brewers win the World Series this year, does he retire? Um, That's something I'd love to to see happen, and then um, you know have to sit and wait to see if he comes back because we'd still have that World Series. Hey, w, what about this? No matter what happens with the Brewers in the playoffs, uh, if they get bounced first round or win at all, does Craig Council even manage the Brewers next year? I, you know, I think he's a Milwaukee. He's he's a Milwaukee boy. I don't think any kind of money will take him to the map. I think it's about his two sons playing college baseball. That's just my that's just my opinion. You think he'll be but, the manager uh, next year for the Brewers, or or just uh, in baseball? If he wins the World Series, no. He he'll take a year or two off. If he doesn't win a World Series this year, I think he'll be back. But I can't guarantee he's going to be. I think he'll be the manager of the Brewers, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, it's the greatest time of the year. Playoff baseball, and you get it in Milwaukee. I know our sports director, Zach Halpern, is juiced up for it. He's going to American Family Field tonight. Zach, how are we feeling? Oh, we're here, playoff baseball. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Anything is possible, Zach. Why not us? going to be amazing. Well, I mean. They lost their second best pitcher yesterday, but uh, other than that, why not? Why not? Why not the Brewers? Yeah, it was a pretty tough um, press conference. You felt like Matt Lafleur cries at halftime. I don't feel bad for him. It makes me kind of disgusted, actually. Uh, seeing Brandon Woodruff cry uh, because of how emotional he was because he wanted to be involved in something. I felt for him uh, then. That was a 
emotional press conference, to say the least. It sucks for him. I mean, he missed four months out of the season, comes back, was really, really good. And, you know, since he came back in the beginning of August, and now this. I mean, they were set up. I mean, they're they're a obviously a pitching-dominant team, and they need their best pitchers, and they're not going to have them. So uh, I want um, I want Rowdy to bounce this off you. Rowdy, game one tonight. If they don't win, uh, give us your little dissertation again about game one. Yeah, I think this is obviously it's a must win because it's a three game series, short series. You know, they, they cut it down three, five, seven, seven. If you lose tonight and you allow Brandon fought to log some good innings and they don't have to go to that bullpen. Good luck trying to come back without Brandon Woodruff being a game two starter and you have Zach Gallen and, and Merrill Kelly just looming. And those are guys that eat innings. And if they can go six, seven, eight innings, it's not going to matter if you have a bullpen advantage. Yeah, I mean, tonight is, is tonight a must win. I think it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah, because if you lose, I don't see how they take two out, all two from Gallen and Kelly. Zach, isn't every game in the playoffs a must win? Yeah, whatever. Here's the thing, though, about the... <laughs> so uh, Such a dumb thing. I mean, I mean it's not like... The Brewers are going to be sending nobodies up, right, against them. Um, we assume. I, I guess they haven't named the starter for tomorrow. I, it's got to be I mean, Wade. Would they move? That's what I was thinking too. He's he's had his had his time this year. Hell yeah! It's not like be, it's not going to be sending up nobody. They their their top four is is pretty good. Probably can compete with anything uh, among most teams. But now, obviously, without Brandon Woodruff, it just dwindles to three, and maybe the top three is obviously not nearly as good as it was before yesterday. But, yeah, you have to win tonight. You're setting your best pitcher up against a nobody. You have to win tonight. Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, the Brewers haven't faced this guy. And what's the old adage of Milwaukee Brewers uh, when they haven't faced a pitcher? We make the dude look like Cy Young. Hopefully that's uh, not the case. Luckily, he's not a lefty. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brewers actually are that at lefties. Yeah, it turns out, Zach, that um, after the entire 162-game season, they actually swing the bat better against lefties than they do mm. righties when it comes to average and OPS. They were just so pitiful in May and June against lefties that uh, the middle of the season, it just really... Fun punchline, you know? Fun. It's, it's, it is. It's a, it's a narrative that is no longer true. Correct. All right. <laughs> All right. That's why, that's, why, that's why I count on you. Well, hey, you know, that's why we're the tr- we're, we're the real media, the true media, Zach, not the one peddling a bunch of fake news out there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, Zach, speaking of Milwaukee, well, I, I know, I know that baseball holds a special place in your heart. So uh, soak it all in, Zach, when you're up there tonight at American Family Field, okay? Like, I, it's very special moments there because it's few and far between for Brewers and playoffs, okay? Soak, soak it in, will you? There will be a lot of soaking in, yes. All the all the all the energy will be just soaking, letting it soak in. Hey, speaking of uh, energy in Milwaukee, dude, media day yesterday for the Bucks. How surprised were you? And you texted me. You 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 gave me the scoop when it happened. But Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. Oof, what does this mean for the deer? With uh, Drew Holiday to the Celtics too. Should I? Uh... Should I reply? Should I tell everybody what you texted back? Yeah, totally. You can. I, I actually said it on air, but yeah, you can say it too. <laughs> uh, sweet, can't wait for the playoffs. No, I said, I said to, sweet. This will peak. This will peak my interest. Come playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually said this morning, like thinking about it, I'm I'm actually excited to check out some regular season games of Dame on the team. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it feels like, and maybe it's just because it's the Packers always get always get lumped in like with these these big stars that somehow they're going to trade for and they never do. And so when it happens, you're kind of like shocked that it happened, even though it's the Bucks. I get that, but it's, you just never expect it because it's, the Packers are always listed with these guys and they never show up. And, and the Brewers same way, trade wise. This is a uh, this is huge. This is huge, and it's huge for not just obviously for the season, but the future and, and what. Giannis, whether he wants to be here or not, and this is clearly a, another sign that he that they want to uh, show that they want to win, and they have they know they have to go all in almost every year with him because he could just be like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. And as long as they're trying to win, he wants to be here, and this is a clear move that they want to be uh, they want to, that they do want to win. So yeah, it's, I mean it has to be exciting. It's, yeah, very exciting. Best player, best player he's ever played with. Best one-two duo that they've probably had since Kareem and Oscar Robertson. Um, it is a hell of a combo. And Zach, it finally gets Chris Middleton where he belongs—a good number three. Oh, <laughs> well, it also gets him so he's not the guy that's having to play the uh, uh, role guy or the um, you know when you're trying to the two-man game. It's not going to be him at the end of games with, with you know, It's going to be. You know, game. And you have, and that's the other thing. You don't have to worry about like putting the ball in Chris Middleton's hand. He's maybe not <sighs> still that ill to be able to do that at the end of the games. And Giannis isn't that guy. You, now you now have a closer. Are you saying that if Giannis is Batman, that Chris Middleton wasn't a true Robin? I'm saying uh, right now Chris Middleton is not, is not a true Robin. He certainly was in 2021 when he took over the Eastern Conference Finals and got them to to the finals. Yeah, back then, yes. Now, not so much. No. Justice. Zach? Packers-Lions. Uh, we'll run the gamut with you. Packers-Lions. Uh, is Matt? Uh, put your reporter hat on. Do a little investigative uh, journalism here. Is Matt LaFleur still crying as he was at halftime? <laughs> he's going to fight. He's going to fight. He's crying. Zach, I don't think he was crying. I know he was crying. I watched the video a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I think he was embarrassed. I think that, I think that was pretty clear. I think he. I think what did he say? He said it's humiliating to be down twenty. What was it? Twenty four to three, and after twenty seven to three at half, that is not has not happened in Green Bay in quite some time. I think it was uh, the third time in the last fifty years they've been down by twenty four at home mm-hmm. at any point. Pathetic. It's pathetic, and uh, the lines are the lines are legit. But you, even with all these young players. To have like I think it was twenty one to three by the time they had run eleven plays, it's pathetic. That's a BS question, man. Was um, when Matt Lafleur oh, told that, that reporter now that now, now that was crying. That, yeah, he was crying, crying at halftime and after the game. It wasn't actually a BS question. I don't think it was. Like you got your ass handed to you. Can you explain it? It's a BS question, it, man. It's BS. Back to back, but that wasn't even how he asked it. He just said, you know, how does the first half like that happen where you guys get nothing? And he called that a BS question, which obviously it's not. It's a legit question. It's the second straight week that happened. And he comes out and, um, I don't want, he didn't throw a tantrum, but, you know, to, to say that is just kind of ridiculous. And now he's apologized for it, which I know you're a big fan of. You love people apologizing for things. And he, uh, is joking about it in press conferences, but yeah, bad look at the moment. Matt LaFleur, weak, soft. The fraud. LaFraud. La Softy. Yeah. Mm. All right, Zach. Speaking of frauds, is the Big Ten West a fraud? Like, 
how, how bad is the West, dude? You, I, think, I feel like you have to be worthwhile. Like, you have to prop yourself up as being something better to be a fraud, and the Big Ten West is not propping itself up to be anything better. It's just not good. It's just bad. And it's just not good. It's just bad. Like, it's, it's not even a fraud. It's just bad. Look at all the t- I mean, I don't even know how good Wisconsin is. It, it's irrelevant, I think, at this point, because you look at all the other teams. No one else is very good. I think it's a failure if Wisconsin doesn't win the Big Ten West. They have the schedule that works certainly in their favor. Iowa is starting. My goodness. Deacon um, Hill, big arm. Big arm. My God. My God. Starting Deacon Hill for the rest of the season, perhaps. I wanted Deacon Hill to start like, over Graham Mertz at the end of Graham Mertz's you know, time here. I was ready to see Deacon Hill. That's the hill I would have died on. There are still dents in the McLean Center uh, walls from Deacon Hill's passes. Uh, some of them went where they were supposed to. Others have left, have left dense it's got a cannon in, the, on in the wall here at the McLean Center. He does. He has a huge – it's not very accurate, but he's got a huge arm. He's not going to be actually moving around very much. So, I, I mean, I if you're Wisconsin, you're, you're forcing you, – you sell out to stop the run. They can't run the ball very well, but you sell out to stop the run because he's not going to beat you with his arm. So, yeah, that's uh, coming up in less than two weeks. Yeah, what about – Like, who's, who's the best team in the Big Ten West? Do you think it's Wisconsin? <laughs> no, they're the only team without a loss in the West. They are, but that doesn't really say anything. They beat Purdue. But Purdue then goes and yeah. beats down Illinois. you got Minnesota struggling with Louisiana. You have Nebraska getting routed at home by a very, very good Michigan team, but not even barely even putting up a fight. Northwestern at least put up a fight against Penn State before getting blown out. I, there's just not a good team, like a really, really good team in this division. I would count Wisconsin that, too. I don't think they're a very good team. I think by, I think default, by default, Wisconsin's the best team in the Big Ten West. Well, again, that's mean we'll take it zach do you think obviously iowa has a really good defense but the offense can't score points that's hard to win games when your offense doesn't score and you mentioned yeah and you mentioned some of the the other teams i don't know just watching i feel like nebraska with the quarterback change might be one of the better teams not being wisconsin or maybe iowa and that's what's crazy is because against michigan that is a horrible matchup being a running team that you're not going to run against michigan i don't know i think nebraska might actually be up there i think the only way that wisconsin doesn't win this division is if the run defense shows up like it did against purdue Hmm. otherwise i think otherwise i think they can They'll they'll win the division, but that's something that they have to figure out because I think we've seen it in the first the three games even before Purdue that some teams were able to gash them a little bit. That is that is my main concern going into the rest of the Big Ten season. Big Ten teams are going to try to run the ball, and Purdue, who cannot run it against anybody, they didn't even run it against Illinois very well, uh, average wise, had six yards of carry against Wisconsin. That's not going to get it done. Zach Heilfern getting it done all the time, our sports director. So, Zach, uh, was a new episode of The Camp out, was that yesterday? Yep, we put yep, put one out there yesterday. A little bit, a little shorter, a little shorter. Not a ton, not a ton coming out of it. Well, bye week, you know. But, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, coming off bye, we got yep. Rutgers coming up here on Saturday. It's homecoming. Um, it is homecoming. Yeah, 11 a.m. Does yeah. uh, yeah. the Red Zone get Peacock? Um... It's not, oh yeah, it is only on Peacock. Those son of a. <laughs> I don't know. They had time to think of. They had time to figure it out. So I would hope so. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm they, sure do. they do. But I mean, the grind don't stop. I mean, we'll be there at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. doing the you know the uh, Zone Blitz pregame bash. So Zach, again, if you'd like to come and get an awkward hug from myself, uh, feel free to come on down. But uh, I, I will be there. I, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I'll be there. 
You know this is recorded. Uh, it's a promise. Going to be there. Again, you know this is recorded. Once the mic, once the mic fader gets turned on, it, it automatically is recorded. So this is. It's. I, I got to come by and have a beer or two <laughs> when it's when it's like 45, 50 degrees out. It's. Oh, this is Zach Heilprin weather. This is Zach Heilprin weather. That's it. That is Zach Heilprin weather. So Zach, um, <laughs> people are asking questions on Twitch channel. Before that, what kind of uh, challenges Rutgers bring to the table against Wisconsin on Saturday? Guess what? They can run the ball, and, and Gavin Winston at the quarterback is going to be a, a challenge. They he, he's he's improved as a passer, but he's a, a huge threat with his legs. Hudson Card was a bit of an issue with his legs. We saw that at times against uh, Washington State with Cam Ward, a little bit of an issue. So yeah, offensively, that's going to be a huge huge uh, task for Wisconsin defense slowing him down. And then on the, on the other side of the ball, they they blitz a lot. So if Wisconsin can uh, catch him could be some big plays offensively. And can Wisconsin's offense kind of get the jump start that they did against Purdue and, and put them down big, put them down big? It's going to be probably a long day because you're not going to be able to run the ball the way that they want to. I'm sorry, speaking of Rutgers. So. Bigly. Yeah. 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 Bigly. So, Zach. What? Yeah? Just, sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry. He said bigly. I, I, I don't remember saying bigly, but. Yeah, just it's, just bigly. Zach, how about our perspective? So, Zach, how was uh, how was Tanner Bordellini at uh, Monks last week? We Thursday? had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time with Tanner Bordellini last week. Um, he is an interesting guy, and he he's really well spoken. He could have gone to any of the, the Ivy League schools if he wanted to, but he came to Wisconsin. He was probably the the lowest rated recruit of the five offensive linemen they got when they first came in, and now he's got an opportunity to go to the NFL next year. He's, hmm. he's only a redshirt junior, but some of the NFL scouts have been sniffing around and probably going to have a decision to make at the end of the year, whether he wants to go or not. Now he's playing out of position. I'll say playing center and it's his first year, like doing it exclusively. And there have been, I think some people upset with some of the, the snaps that he's had, but I think he's played pretty well. And, but he was, he was great last week. You haven't checked it out. You can go check it out. Temple and high Alpern, wherever you get your podcast. And it sounds phenomenal by the way. That is one Good sound. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless you unless you were trying to get in there for the first minute and a half. Uh, yeah, the great. Brewers broadcast ran a little long. That's just a shame, right there. Zach, speaking of the offensive line, I blame I I blame the onsite onsite producer, which was me. So well, the onsite producer wasn't on site. You know, he's up on the cross. I blame that guy. <laughs> yeah, Rowdy. Speaking of the offensive speaking line. of the offensive line, just in <laughs> in general, it feels like since 2020, it's been a very inconsistent group and. It's been a lot of the same guys. Now, I know a few have went to the NFL here and there, but it's it's kind of been a mismatch. It feels like this year the line outside of, what, that first half against Washington State, it feels like it's played a lot better. I would agree with that. Jack, again, I think the penalty, before I get into how well they played, the penalties are just, there's too many of them. They had, I think they had six false starts and four of them were on the offensive line against Purdue. That's obviously way too many. But, yeah, Jack Nelson had a really rough game against Washington State. It led to seven points for Washington State, just recovering a fumble in the end zone, and the game ended up being decided by, I think, it was nine. So not great, not great. But, yeah, overall it's been really good. And a guy who hasn't really been talked about, and maybe that's a good thing because you don't really talk about offensive linemen unless they were screwing up, is Riley Malman at right tackle. Uh Luke Fickle said yesterday that he thinks he's been the most consistent of them. And he believes, believes he's got a huge future in front of him in terms of NFL, like long-term future. So yeah, I mean, it's been a big, it's been a great group. But Tanner reminded us on Thursday 
back in 2021, he was playing right tackle and Jack Nelson was playing right guard. Yeah. He's six, he's six, three, Jack Nelson, six, seven. It wasn't necessarily uh, Joe Rudolph's finest, finest year to be putting like those type of uh, lineups out there. So getting guys in the spots that they're best at is probably going to be the best for the offense. And uh, I think we've kind of seen that this year with the offensive line. It's been consistent outside of maybe some guys, uh, you know, Trey Wedded kind of going at left guard sometimes and sometimes at right guard. But for the most part, they've been playing six guys the, uh, these first four games, and that probably isn't going to change. Uh, we'll see when Jake Renfro comes back, whether he's able to work his way into it. But, yeah, the consistency is having guys out there every time. Every time They started the same five the first four games. That did not happen at all last year. All right, Zach, last question before I let you go. It comes off uh, of the Twitch channel here, and we can make fun of the Bears at the same time because, my God, are the Bears hilariously bad. Um, I'm supposed to ask you, ask Zach if he thinks Caleb Williams will come back next season just to win a Big Ten championship. Williams also had said that he would not want to uh, declare for the draft. He doesn't like the draft board. And the Bears currently hold uh, the first and the second pick, and they are not a team that he likes. Uh, Are they not a team that he likes? I I thought that it was... I saw his his list. It was like the ones he preferred were like the Cowboys. There's a couple other on there. The Bears were not on the list. He prefers the Cowboys. All right. I just remember the Cowboys well, being on there. It might, it might be a while before uh, uh, they're picking number one again. Um, I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, again, he can make a ton of money, but as a number one pick, no matter what team you're on, the amount of money that you're going to make out of that, it's probably going to be very, very tough to turn down. But mm. who does who does Chicago pair that with? And, and again, I think most people believe that even if it is Caleb Williams, they'll somehow screw that up. <laughs> oh, it's but the Bears. Of course they'll screw it up. Of course they will. I mean, who do, to me, to me, like the biggest nightmare if you're a Packers fan would be Caleb Williams and then Marvin Harrison Jr. But I don't know. It's if the Bears. They'll screw it up. The way they would want to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if, yeah. If are they going to win a game this year? No. No, no they'll, they'll win a game. They'll win one, maybe. And Carolina. Carolina, they'll find a way to win a game. I mean, they were in it with Minnesota for much of that game. So one in fifteen and one in fifteen. Will they win more than three? Will they win more than three? Last year they won three. I'm gonna say no. I mean, they haven't won a game since uh, October 24th of last year. Yeah, that's coming up as a full full year. (laughs) Not great. Hilarious. Not great. Not great, Pop. Zach, what is great is you. I want you to have. I want you to, again to just soak it in and soak it up tonight at American Family Field. I I know you in baseball. It's a it's been a a love affair since the day you were born, Zach. America's you pastime. To, do you want me to bring you anything? <sighs> I would love like probably gonna have these, probably gonna have rally towels or something. I want like a I want like a ballpark hot dog with the stadium sauce, but. Uh, you know, I'll hold. I can get that. I get put in a little cooler for you. Uh, I'm just gonna go to Costco and get you know one of their big dogs, and I have stadium sauce at home, so I'll just don't okay. don't right. worry about me. I want you Try to, to focus on yourself, okay? I right. appreciate you, Zach. We love you, buddy. All right, guys. Later. Oh, see and by the way, uh, Temple and Heilbrunn, monks in some prairie, six to seven. Go check it out. <laughs> but yes, uh, Zach, off. Uh, would you want him to bring you back anything, Rowdy? Well, like a rally towel. Sure, whatever he can get his hands on. That's that's tough. That's emotional. It pulls up the heartstrings. You feel bad for Brandon Woodruff. Um, but, you know, great counsel talking about, listen, man, it's game day. Like, it's time. Ain't no one waiting around or crying elsewhere about Brandon Woodruff going down. It's, you know, nature of the beast. Corbin Burns, though, on the bump. Corbin Burns talking. You know, how good about, you know, how good are the D-backs? He's 1-1 one one this year against the Diamondbacks. 
He had a really good start for the first one. They got blown up in the second one. Here's uh, here's Burns. They've been really, really good all year. They were really hot early on. And then, you know, picked it up a little bit here again at the end. But, you know, it's all about who goes out and plays the best baseball. And I think the way we've been playing baseball the last month and a half, it doesn't matter who we're playing, what their record is. Um, I think if we go out there and play the baseball, we've been playing, we'll be in a good spot. Rowdy, there's no uh, lies told right there. The Brewers are playing better baseball than the Arizona Diamondbacks, especially after the you know middle of June. Yeah, and obviously we saw as Brewer fans that this Milwaukee Brewers team got out of the gate really hot in April, and then May and June were necessarily the best mo- months for the Milwaukee Brewers. And that's kind of the complete opposite for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They got out of the gates really hot and stayed pretty hot until about July, and that's where kind of the two seasons flipped on their heads. Now they still have a pretty decent offense. They still have two top end pitchers, but one place where the Milwaukee Brewers really have a huge advantage. When you look at the season as a whole, it was the bullpen, the Brewers bullpen. If you look at ERA was third. If you look at the Brewers bullpen in the whip category, it was second. And the fact that that is so close to the same ranking shows you just how consistent that Milwaukee Brewers bullpen was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a top three bullpen in major league baseball. That is wild to say with the names that you entered the season with and for guys and what they had done in the past in their career outside of Devin Williams, a ton of unknowns, a ton of guys that probably weren't super, uh, super reliable or depending on, but they all came through and they're all pitching well. Um, but yeah, that's their one big advantage is that they're playing well and they have the better bullpen. Now, obviously, Brandon Woodruff would be a hit to any pitching rotation. Yeah. But thankfully, the Milwaukee Brewers pitching rotation has actually been a you know top five ish rotation as well, and that's with Brandon Woodruff missing three four <laughs> months. That's with pretty much every single starter. Uh, put being put on IR or for at, at least 15 days being put on an IL outside of Woodruff or sorry, outside of uh, Burns and Peralta. Pretty much every other pitcher has had at least a 10 day stay on the IL. Yeah. Crazy. That's wild. It is wild. But like you said, the overall, the team is playing much better. They played six games, two different series, two, three game sets, all early in the season, all in the first half of the season, all in the pre-trade tread uh, deadline deals where they acquired Mark Hanna, where they acquired Carlos Santana, where they acquired, I guess we'll throw him in there just for fun, Andrew Chafin. But like, so this is a quite a bit different team. I actually went back and looked through the statistics and the, and the box scores about who was playing for the Brewers. And it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. So, like, you pull up some of those early season uh, starts that they had against Arizona. We're talking, like, this is when the Milwaukee Brewers were sitting there playing, like, Jesse Winker. Remember him? Winker the stinker. Yeah. Mike Brasso. You remember him? <laughs> yeah, vaguely. Like, Brian Anderson, who got DFA'd and really fell out of favor the, the last month or two. The announcer? The hat. No, the actual player, oh. the guy that was hot the first three and a half weeks of the season and then really didn't do a ton. <laughs> yeah. Like though Joey Weimer, no longer with the team, a guy that should have been in triple a and, and wasn't ready yeah. for the big leagues. And everyone knew that, but th- like, those are the type of names. Owen Miller. How about, uh, do you remember Ramel Tapia? 
Like these are some of the names that were popping up consistently when I was going through all the box scores with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Milwaukee Brewers earlier this season. So it makes sense that um, clearly this is a different team. It's a more veteran-laden team that's gotten hotter because what? Outside of the first week or so, of the Santana and Canna trades where they, they didn't get off to the hottest start for the first week. Mm -hmm. They've been really, really good. So we're feeling the team that uh, didn't do the hottest against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in the regular season is completely different now. Yes. Not completely different, but for the most part different. See, and this is the other crazy thing outside of, of Burns, not a ton of the Brewers starting pitchers have seen Arizona. Because of all the injuries, yeah. we mentioned how pretty much outside of two guys, almost everyone has seen an IL stint at least once this year. I went right back through. Now we knew Woody going into this uh, series. He had not seen Arizona, but he had only made nine starts. Um, Burns had seen them twice. Uh, Wade Miley had only seen them once. Freddie Peralta, one of the guys that was healthy, had not seen them. He, it was just must have been random luck of the draw. Wow. Missed him on both on both three game series, but he has not seen them once. Hmm. So I mean, the guys that were making some starts it, were the Colin Rays. It was the Adrian Hausers. Guys that aren't even really going to make your your starting rotation when you shorten it up. I should say shouldn't make your top three of your rotation even shorting it up and having Woodruff unavailable. Because yeah. in my mind. If you win game one, I think you throw out Wade Miley for game two. It's a lefty. They've seen him one time. I think he went five innings, gave up three runs. It was a pretty average start. But the thing with Arizona is Arizona does not hit left-handers very well. They are much better against righties than they are lefties. And I said that they're the one big advantage the Brewers had was the bullpen. Brewers having a top three bullpen. Arizona's got a below average bullpen. So that's why to me, game one can't be understated how important it is. You have your ace Corbin Burns on the mound. You got to go and you got to take it to Brandon fought because if you can get fought out of the game and he doesn't log that many innings and you put pressure on their bullpen right away, we already know games two and games three that uh, Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, they've been lights out this year. They've both had career years and they've both had success against the Milwaukee Brewers. If you look at what these two have done, Zach Gallon in two starts against the Brewers. Oh, my bad. Zach Gallon in two starts against the Brewers. He's went 14 innings, one earned run, and just six hits. Merrill Kelly was a little bit more um, susceptible to Milwaukee hitting, but 13 innings pitched, four earned runs. But just four hits where uh, where Merrill Kelly struggles is with walks. He did give up five walks, but four, uh, three out of those four runs were by one swing of the bat. And you know who hit the three run shot? Who's that? Mike Brasso. Oh. He hasn't even been with the team for Michael majority of the season. So, I mean, those guys are good. But if you can put the pressure on Brandon fought and Corbin Ger Burns goes out there and spins a dandy, and you get to their bullpen early, you really put a lot of pressure on Arizona game two and game three to get seven, 
six, seven, eight innings out of Zach Gallen, out of Merrill Kelly. And now are they capable of doing that? Yes. Have they done that against the Brewers earlier this year, though it be a different team? Yes. But if they have to do it with their backs against a, a wall as younger pitchers that don't really have a ton of playoff experience, I like my odds. So game one to me is super important. I think if you lose where Brandon fought can go like five scoreless innings and they don't have to use that bullpen as much, then they have gallon. Then they have Kelly with a still their, their top end relievers ready to go for those two games. You're in deep crap because you don't have Woodruff. And again, Freddie Peralta, he'd have to step up big time, but you'd have to figure out how to win both games. It's not just, you know, pick off one of them you'd have to win both game one must win tonight if they if they lose tonight i think it's over i don't i don't see them winning back-to-back games against gallon and kelly why they play the game we'll see oh buddies if it is it andrew wagner what's up dude your phone not working apparently yeah I, I, tried, it's, it's, I can't call out i don't know what it is unless we someone blocked your number in the studio maybe it was ben kenny's last hurrah before he went back to philadelphia <laughs> You gotta, you gotta pay that bill. You gotta pay that bill. It, it's a landline. Like I don't, I don't even know how much that cost. What's a landline cost these days? I have no idea. Seventy-five. I have no clue. I have, honestly have no. Like, who still has a landline? Like, that is right here, baby. Right here. Thing. The cost of a landline uh, will vary depending on the service provider and the features included. However, it may cost between twenty and sixty dollars per month. Hey, man, man, alive. Hey, Andrew. Mark Anazio won't pay that. Well, duh, obviously. Mark Anazio won't pay anything. Hey, speaking of Mark uh, Anazio. Uh, yeah? Yeah, speaking of Mark Anazio. You're back on that uh, you're back in that locker room, baby. You yeah, are. it was nice. A little, little, little temporary return to the beat for uh, some Forbes stories that are coming up. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to be back amongst the fellas. And bummer. Bummer for Brandon Woodruff. Hey, real yeah. quick before we get into that, Rowdy's got some on the tip of his tongue. Yeah, here. I feel like if if Mark didn't pay for a landline, some fans would would actually quite enjoy that because then Craig Council couldn't call to the bullpen. Ooh, great, great question. Are those phones the the bullpen phone? Is that a landline you have to pay for? Is that some kind of like in, in, in like inner network? Do you know? That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, I don't know. I've never, never used them. I believe it's some sort of. It's sponsored by like Altel or something like that. So it's got to be some sort of funky technology that's not available to us meter commoners. I would love to know. Like, is the does a provider have that, or is that like in house? Kind of like an engineer does it. Man, what a great question. Anyways, Andrew, it seems like a it seems like in house. <laughs> Let's thing. go to your AT and T call to the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's life, Andrew? How how you been, man? What's good? Man, life is good. Life is good, man. Just, you know, building bathrooms, building basements, watching some ball here and there. And not having Building to stories, deal baby. With the crap. Yeah, now we're building stories. Trying to drum up some uh drum up some content and clicks. Hell yeah. So speaking of content and clicks, this is something that, you know, you don't want really want to build a story on, but it is what it is. Brandon Woodruff is hurt. An emotional press conference yesterday, dude. I, I even teared up listening to it. How was it there in person to see uh, Brandon Woodruff kind of go through the, the emotion of, uh, I think he's done for the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's weird. That's the story that I've got coming out later today at, at, at Forbes.com. Is, you know, this is a game. Brandon Woodruff is, is like the quintessential guy for this like era of Brewers baseball. He's always 
he's always in a good mood. He's always laid back. He goes with the flow. Even this year when he got injured, you know, he's like, yeah, this stinks, but we're going to be all right. But, like, yesterday was just too much. Like, this is, he wants to play. He wants to be with his guys. He wants to pitch. And, like, you could tell, like, the, the severity of the moment was weighing on him. When he broke down, you know, this is a guy that doesn't, doesn't flash emotion. And uh, it, it was tough to see because – there are very few good guys like that, not just in baseball, but sports in general. And he is definitely one of them. And, and it stinks. For, obviously, it stinks for the Brewers. But, I mean, it just stinks for him because if you get to know the guy, you know he's a really good dude. And he, he wears his heart in his sleeve. He's as genuine as it gets. And, and it just stinks to see things happen to guys like that. So, uh, Andrew, I'll, I'll let Rowdy bounce this off. you see what you think. What uh, Rowdy happens in place of uh, Brandon Woodruff then? I'm thinking you go with Wade Miley in game two and you save Freddie for potentially game one or game three. Cause I'm thinking I was talking with Ebo earlier today. If game one was ever a must win, it's now a must win tonight. You have your ace and Corbin Burns going against Brandon fought, who is not an afterthought as he's kind of just a guy that they're hoping to give him, you know, five innings and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I agree with you there. I mean, common sense says you just go, you throw Freddie game two, but obviously it doesn't work that way. You do need – you got to win game one now. It is a completely different thing in a three-game series. And if you can get out of game two without having to use Freddie, uh, then you're in great shape moving forward. This really does throw up uh, a kink in your pitching plan moving forward. You can get through a three-game series without Brandon Woodruff. It gets harder – in a five and a seven game series. So yeah, I, I think you absolutely have to sit and, and hold off on Freddie for, you know, a must win in game three, or hopefully to get the thing started against the Dodgers. How are we feeling tonight with uh, Corbin Burns on the bump? He went one and one uh, in the season against the Diamondbacks. His first start was really good. What eight innings, three hits and the second start, he got blown out of the water in the first inning. How are we feeling about uh, Burnsy on the mound tonight? I mean, they're, the, the, the Diamondbacks are a different team. Uh, than they were the first time Burns saw him, as, as the numbers indicate. But still, I mean, you gotta you gotta like what you're gonna get. You know what you're gonna get when Corbin Burns goes out there, even if the numbers from that last time out don't reflect it. I mean, he's easily one of the best pitchers in all of uh, all of baseball. Uh, there's a reason to be the game one starter. I think I think you're gonna get the usual Corbin Burns, you know, six seven innings, whole boatload of strikeouts. Uh, I mean, that's the hope. If the Diamondbacks suddenly catch fire uh, and, and take advantage of some early mistakes before he settles in, then it's a bit of a different story. But I think I think Corbin's the guy that can rise to the occasion in a situation like this. Now, doesn't he want to? Get... He's never shown that he can't be. Doesn't that, he want to get paid elsewhere too? So shouldn't be like, hey, check me out in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, you know, this is kind of his time to shine. Right. You, know? you you want to make that money? It's your time to shine. Uh, Rowdy made a playoff roster yesterday, and there was one move on there that we've already alluded to, and uh, people raised an eyebrow at. Rowdy, you want to bounce it off of uh, Andrew Wagner about that one name? Was I on it? Did I make the roster? You just missed the cut. Sorry, bud. Uh, but you might be as good, you might be as good as this guy pitching. I mean, at this point, when you started going down the line, I'm like, man, Andrew Chafin. He got lit up most of the time but he did put a few together down the stretch where they were scoreless innings. And you start going through the roster now with that Woody injury, I think he was already firmly on the roster moving forward without the the Woodruff injury. Now with it, I think he's firmly in there. Uh, I got to agree with you. I mean, the numbers have not been 
overly impressive since he came over on a train. In fact, they've been at times outright horrible. Um, but he's also been tested. He's also pitched in big situations. He's also eaten a lot of innings. And I think a guy like that can be valuable in this situation. Maybe he's deployed a little bit differently. Um, especially if he goes into, you know, a bullpen mode in game two, uh, where they got to go by committee and just throw a bunch of arms out there. I could t- totally see that working. Andrew, do you know the injury status of Elvis Peguero? Because obviously you could argue that he was one of their, uh, you know, top three uh, high leverage bullpen arms, probably right behind uh, Williams and Piams for the majority of the season. And this was a guy that came out of nowhere and was acquired through the Hunter Renfro deal. Yeah, that was one name. And there was so much going on yesterday that it did not come up, (laughs) obviously. Uh, Pretty much everything focused on... um, Everything focused on Woody during yesterday's session, but yeah, that would be a that could be kind of be a big one to have. Uh, he has really been impressive, for lack of a better term. I mean, that guy, that guy stepped into a role, dominated at it. Everybody was known about him going in. Uh, he was a huge reason they got to where they're at. So, hopefully, they'll bring that up today during the pregame hoo-hahs and get a little bit more clarity on that. Hoo-hahs. What about hoo-hahs. what about Donaldson? Guy, I obviously he's in there, and he, he's done exactly what you expect him to do. He's putting up similar numbers that he did with the Yankees, where it's a whole lot of home runs and nothing else. But I mean, the guy's had some big moments for the Brewers. He's had some really big moments for the Brewers. I mean, he's put them where they're at. Um, you like that pop? I mean, you'd like to see more out of him, but you got to be happy with the pop. And the other thing, Andrew, with Josh Donaldson is, like you said, it's basically been a home run, a double, or a strikeout, but that was pretty much his Yankees season as well, and it's been a lot of a lot of the, the latter. But he does bring a lot of postseason experience. Like, he had some pretty big postseasons in, I think it was uh, 15 and 16, or maybe it was 14 and 15. It was a while ago, but he's done it. And they're, this is a team that has lacked a lot of offense especially in the postseason here as of late? Yeah, people kind of knock. Uh, people look at the and say, well, postseason series is just an excuse to get bad guys in a roster. No, it's not, man. Like, just you have a young team uh, and guys that have not been in that situation, you need the dudes in that room to say, hey, man, chill. It's all right. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, gave up a run. Like, it's like that scene in Major League before the first game when Vaughn is just sitting there flipping the baseball in front of his locker and, 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 and Taylor comes up and says, relax, kid, we got 161 more of these to go. And that You need that sometimes in the playoffs. And unless you've been there, you can't really do that. Andrew, speaking of playoffs, obviously tonight at 6.08, what do you think happens in this series? I think the Brewers win this one. I think it goes to three games. Um, I'd like to think the Brewers have the pitching and just enough to get over the hump. I think playing at home is going to help them, but Listen, man, the D-backs are good, and the Brewers have, have, have learned firsthand. Don't take teams for granted, especially in the postseason. They thought they were going to cruise through uh, in 2011 uh, against the same D-backs, well, not the same D-backs, but against the D-backs, and it's what happened there. They were five games. Yeah, morning, Mr. Garbage Truck. And, jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, is, is, is Tuesday your garbage day or no? Apparently, do tall and ass Hopefully doing like you forty down to twenty. Yeah, no, I think the Brewers win three. Uh, hopefully, they, they maybe the Woodruff injuries, injury kind of brings them down to earth, and, and they realize this is going to be a cakewalk through October, and they're going to have some work to do. 
Yeah, I, I think the Brewers can win this series. And I think they, with Woodruff, they had the pitching to, to at least stay with the Dodgers. It's going to be a hell of a lot harder now. But if they get back to Diamondbacks, you know, five-game series, I mean, anything can happen in a five-game against the Dodgers. I wouldn't like it in a seven, but sometimes you get lucky. But I, I think they get past the Diamondbacks, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think that's a good point you bring up, Andrew, because the longer a series goes, you know, just in general with basketball, baseball, the better team normally wins. That's why they play baseball and is a game of series. But when we're talking about those three game series, yeah, they get a little nervous because you lose game one. I mean, it's all hands on deck game, uh, a five game series, like you alluded to with the Dodgers. That's the best case scenario for the Brewers, especially with losing Woodruff. Yeah, there's less chances for, for crap to go wrong is basically what it comes down to. You know, it's it just, all right, let's go out here. Let's do this. Let's see what we can get done. You play with house money at that point. No one's expecting you to get past the Dodgers. You got Craig Council can afford to be a little Craig Council-y uh, in a five game, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think to get past the Diamondbacks, I think it's a bit of a nail biter. And I think they have a shot against the Dodgers just because it's a shorty. After that, who the hell knows? Yeah, if they do get past the Dodgers and now we're in some really what-ifs and they play the Atlanta Braves, I think the only thing you can really do is um, pray. Yep, and that's it. And that's, But that's the baseball postseason in a nutshell. Like, I, I, yeah, to this day, people seem to think that it's all about, like, it, it, it's baseball. It does not make sense. Nothing about it ever makes sense. Um, like when the Brewers yeah, hit the Yankees in 11 innings, but then lost four to three. Exactly. <laughs> and people act like it's in the, it has happened before. You know, this is not a unique thing. This is the Harvey Haddix game, the County Stadium, 1950s. Andrew, Braves, you know? Andrew, before I let you go, um, two questions involving Gregory Council. 90, oh, boy. 92 wins. Was this a, <clears throat> of all the injuries, especially the starting pitching, was this a master class from Craig Council this year? Well, as you know, I'm Craig Council's biggest fan, and as you know, Craig is my biggest fan. Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, I give him a little bit of credit. It was uh, he had to overcome some adversity, as Ryan Braun would say, early in the season. Love Braun. Uh, I mean, there was a crap ton of injuries, and, and to navigate through that with a bunch of guys that a lot of people never heard of, um, I think is impressive. I don't think he's going to win manager of the year because, well, he never does, and it kind of makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. It was a good, he, was, he did a hell of a job. I will give him that. He did a hell of a job this year in a tough situation. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. Andrew? I'm not going to – yeah. Next year, Craig Council, the manager of the Brewers, a manager of a different ball club, or not managing at all? Not managing at all. I think he's going to do a – I think he's going to sit back, watch his kids play ball for a while, and then – Wait and see what kind of offers he can get. You don't think David Stern's going to entice him with a big bankroll to New York? I that's the rumor. That's what everyone wants to believe. I just don't see. I don't see Council jumping right into something right away. He's. I, I think he's going to take a little bit of time and figure out. Does he want to be the manager or does he want to call the shots? You know, does he want to be David Stern? Does he want to be the the president of baseball operations? Um, that. I think that might be more likely than council managing again. Um, I, I think he wants to be the man. Um, I, that, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, but I, I don't think he's 
I don't think he's going to be managing next year anywhere else. If he's going to manage next year, it'll be in Milwaukee. Um, but I, I think he takes a year off. Andrew, I'm glad uh, you're no longer taking off. You're back on it, baby. You have fun tonight. Back on it. You have fun tonight. All right, you go get him, baby, and we'll check it out at Forbes.com by Andrew Wagner uh, on Twitter as well. Eat a man, you handsome SOB. I'm doing it all for Grant. Doing it all for Grant. Oh, for short pants? Hey, he was just on the New York Post with his Paige Sporanek story. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Andrew, you the man. We love you, buddy. <laughs> Tip. Tip. There he is, Andrew Wagner.